This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. This is episode 46 of the Metaphysical Connection, which was recorded after episode 47. Sorry for the confusion and the accidental time travel. I'm your host, Eric Render Kingfisk. This episode is dedicated to the memory of Phil Copens, author of the books Ancient Alien Question and The Lost Civilization, Enigma and More, whom we lost on December 30th, 2012. On this episode of the Metaphysical Connection, Walt, Jim, and I catch up on things since the last time the three of us were together, since before last Christmas. We talk about the Sumerian King's List, harmonics and geography, and some strange evidence of lost civilizations that defy contemporary explanation. Then we talk about the legends, history, and possible science behind Atlantis. So thanks for listening and enjoy the show. It's Jim, back from the land of the Golden the, Corral. <laughs> and more recently, the Void Desert with Jim Morris. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'd rather be there than the, in the Golden Corral. I yeah, absolutely. That. Really, it's the home of the hungry heifer. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. She so, has a name. How much food were... How, how much um, GMO waste <laughs> food were you able to smuggle out of the I, Golden Corral? <clears throat> Probably all of it. You can you can you can hear Jim with his truck backing up. <laughs> beep beep beep. Okay, five, four, three. Okay, sh- cut cut left, cut left. Shh. No, Jim Jim's not that cross. He, he just fills up his man bag. <laughs> Are those Skittles GMO? <laughs> <laughs> Are those free range Skittles? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so how was Florida? FLA. Relaxing. Relaxing. Good. I got to read like five or six books and uh, I didn't have any schedule. That's what I like to do when I go Sweet. to Florida. Like hang out yeah. in the sun and read because I don't I can't read at home. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of distractions. I have yeah. to be distraction free when I read. Yeah. Did you get did you get to any of um, the book I sent you from um, uh, the guy that the guy that wrote the uh, Spear of Destiny? Oh uh, yeah, and oddly enough. I I realized in doing that that I had ordered it years ago, but it's not in my library anymore. So you you replenish my. Uh, did you read uh, it? I mean, had you read it before? Yes, a long time oh, ago. Oh, you did. Okay. All right. Yeah, because I was I was on to his stuff. Right. I, I right. it wasn't um, for me. I guess just because of where my head's at, it didn't have the impact that spirit that the spirit did for me. Yeah, yeah, that's a masterwork. But it's it's yeah it was good he's 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 gone now he died yeah yeah he is I think well it's like if you what's the name of the book so the people who are listening can the cup of destiny right the cup of destiny okay right and the first book was the spear of destiny and the author was Trevor Ravenscroft I was gonna have to add add that to my list of things to listen to here. <laughs> so we're we're sounding we're sounding pretty good today I think yeah I think everybody sounds. Issues. This is super clear. Yeah. I know, very, very I know, good. and and the thing is, is that we got the band back. I mean, you know, Jim, Walt, and myself. Yep. You know. Yep. I know. It's good. Reunited. It's good. We, re- we resonated. Jim, Jim was so good. Jim was on tour. <laughs> Jim was out. See, no, let's just be honest here. Jim was down in Florida looking for the Fountain of Youth and 
and Atlantis. Yeah, Ponce, yep. de, Ponce de Loretta. <laughs> I, I was just going to tell you, I, 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 I worshipped at the tomb of Ponce de Leon, yeah. <laughs> but nothing happened. <laughs> Did you drink any water out of the uh, fountain of youth? No, I factly I, I I buy RO water at the store. I don't drink any water any place I am. In fact, um, yeah. Inside of a book, yesterday, I found a letter from a New Jersey congressman to his constituents from 1985. Oh wow! And I read it, and I'm I'm here to tell you guys like nothing has changed in 30 years. No, he was talking about contaminated water around the country, lead in the water in many cities, you know, ocean dumping. I'm saying like, God, I, I can't even believe nothing's changed. Probably worse. Did, did he predict the emergence of an, of an obese governor in the, <laughs> <laughs> in the new millennia? <laughs> yeah, does, and, he, and here's the thing is, is that does your governor still have that princess chained to his throne with that little, little, little <laughs> ferret that sits on his lap going, <laughs> <laughs> Christy the Hut, yeah. Uh, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh God. So what do you, what do you have for us? Oh, before you get before you, oh before you, before you get started here, because Walt and I Walt and I had been talking about this for a little bit, and I, I just I just want to just boomerang this just for a little bit. Um, I think that it's it's amazing. Walt and I were talking about our listenership and how can we better gauge the listenership, and I think that this is funny. Funny, not funny, haha, but funny as in, oh my God, wow, really? Um, a lot of the people who had said um, prior to this past Thursday that, that Walt and I were full of shit as far as like some of our conspiracy theories are concerned. And then yeah. like like after this past Wait, who I, said that? Just a couple just a couple of people that I, I, I know online. And then all of a sudden, like Saturday morning, they say, oh my God, Eric, you and Walt were so right. You're so right. Are you kidding? I'm not. Really? What changed their... Uh, not that I care. Really, just the what, inauguration. What changed their viewpoint? Just the, just uh, the inauguration. Well, well, I guess that's sort of resonating with yeah. people one way or another. Yeah. So in four years from now, are they going to think that we're full of shit if somebody else gets in office? Who, who knows and who cares? So... I mean, you know, when you put stuff out there, you're you're bound to get people who... Yeah, don't totally agree, and that's fine. That's I don't, fine. I don't have a problem with that. They have. They need to remember that the biggest trick uh, that the devil ever perpetrated was to convince people that he doesn't exist. Right. That's that's a good way to look at it. It's like it's almost like disinformation, sort of. You know. Well, or, well, or, or alternative facts. Yeah. I guess that's that's my the, favorite. The new, yeah, alternative fact, actually. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. So the thing is, is that next time Carol catches me doing something that I shouldn't be doing, I'm just going to say, well, Carol, stop using alternative facts against me. Right. Let's let's see how... quote Trump. Exactly. Or, let's, or Trump's it, minions. Th that that, that mm. nomenclature doesn't work with wives, I can tell you firsthand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've already been down that road. <laughs> <laughs> Accidentally and, and on purpose. <laughs> yeah. I, I, did, did you... Uh, did you get a chance to listen to last week's show, Jim, or, or not? You guys did a show last week. Yeah, yeah. we did, did it on mind control. No, uh, I'll t I'll I'll on my drive this today. I'll tune into it. Yeah, All right. we uh, we talked about a lot of things. I think that you, you know, have we that you and I have talked about over the years. Where okay, you know, uh, particularly the area that I was most interested in. Um, was the use of electronics to uh, impact people's thought patterns. Um, we talked about a thing called the Lily Wave, and I don't want to rehash yeah. the show from last week, but um, what it does is it changes the resonance of the brain and makes makes you more susceptible yes. to different messages. Yes. Um, 
and I, and I had emailed you about uh, this guy I was watching on Gaia. Oh yeah, I got that email. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he, and he's drawn a connection between frequency and sacred geometry. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the pyramids and stuff. And uh-huh. So I th- I think that's going to be an upcoming show, as you suggested. Uh, yeah. Yeah. On top of everything else, you'll notice that sometimes it's like you, Walt and I will do a show. And then I'll turn around and it's like I'll hit one of the the books in my wish list on Audible, and uh, God, we got to get them as a sponsor. But any so anyway, um, so I so um, I got this book that was in my wish list. It's called The Pentagon's Brain by uh, Annie Jacobson, and she uh, did this beautiful expose or scary expose on the Pentagon and DARPA and the NSA. And it's almost as if she heard our podcast, traveled back in time, and wrote her book. I mean, Maybe she yeah. did. It's possible. Uh, but the, the, the notion that, and, and we say that there, there, are, there are these buildings out there just out in the middle of nowhere. And there's no sign. There's no, it's just nothing. There are people, just employees that park their cars in the parking lot. And, and you have no idea what goes on inside those buildings. Well, now you do. Well, it's a party building. Yeah, having, it's a part having a party in there. Yeah, some kind, yeah. yeah, and they didn't invite us. Right, it's probably yeah. my luck. It's probably the Donner Party or a blanket party. Okay, <laughs> 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 uh, So, what do you what do you have for us this week, Jim? You have any? Before juicy, before we get into that, uh, Hans Jenny, when you when you do, you might want to check out. I have his book. It was rather pricey when I bought it, like a long, long time ago. But he uh, so he like did two, work like on that two ninety five. It's like the relationship between frequency and geometric yes. symbols. He used to vibrate substances at different frequencies, and they would turn into like geometric patterns. Yes, I've seen that. I've seen videos on that. Yeah, one, one, one interesting thing that this guy brought up that, that the, on, on the show that I was watching is that the, the actual tuning of the musical scale has changed, um, yes. which, which is why I was connecting it to the... Um, <clears throat> to the electronic mind control stuff. And um, it, it changed into a, a tuning that was less um, simpatico with, with, the, with the human brain in terms of resonance um, and also in terms of how Awakening. the... How, yeah, how, how the, the human brain reacts to music because of the tuning. Yeah, yeah. And, and guess when that changed? Any thought? Any, Very recently. Uh, any guesses, guesses on that? Very recently. <clears throat> or who who changed it? Who changed it? Yeah. It was a, it was a concerted effort to change it. Really? Yeah, it was done by the Nazis. No shit. Absolutely. Yeah. At least well, according to this guy, anyway. Yeah, I gotta get and that so book that, now. That that's that, pretty that's pretty interesting. That ties in with with what we were talking about last week and yeah. And how, uh, well, uh, when yeah. you get a chance. Uh, Look up sol- the the Solvage- Solvage- yeah Solvegio scale S O L F E G G I O, that was a, a scale that was like pretty much purged I think maybe by the Catholic Church but that is, goes right along with what you're saying Well it was a, it um, awakened uh, people's minds to a higher purpose mm-hmm. yeah and that's that's been done away with but you can still find them it's a different scale yeah and it. Uh- I don't. I don't know. I don't know enough about music to really speak about yeah. what what the, you know, or even physics to, to speak of what the what the frequencies are and things like that. But um, it does it does react. It does allow the human that listens to it to react differently. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, yep. and makes them more susceptible to different messages and things like that, which well, is go, why go, if, you, if you listen yeah, to popular music, yeah. it's, it's almost, it's got a dissonance to it almost yeah. because it's, it's at that frequency. Yeah. And, and there's a movement now to change the, the frequency back to um, a more harmonious yeah. frequency, but whether that'll take... You mean... You mean <clears throat> fuck that bitch and slap her ass? It doesn't awaken you. <laughs> that, yeah, that would be it. That would yeah. be it. Um, yeah, that, that, You know, it, what it goes back to what we were talking about last week is that it just lowers people people's frequency, what their frequency oh, they're vibrating yeah. at. I th- you know what? I mean, and I- it, it lowers your ability to um, even fend off stuff like that. I yeah. Think, you know. Jim actually talked about this in the first podcast we ever did. The one time that Jim actually sat here in the in the Fedora Chronicles Network studios. That's like when he oh, was wow, that's right. when yeah. he did his book and he was talking about why people do drugs and rock concerts is because oh, yeah. the heavy yeah. the heavy bass and the 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 wrong frequency or whatever. Uh, Eric actually has the chair that Jim sat in covered in plastic <laughs> so that nobody sits in it. Lord Jim. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Hey, it's got a little sign over it says the, the okay. rat throne. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Hey, before we leave this, uh, recently, remember, uh, I, can't, I, I lost track of all these shootings, but the guy uh, kept saying that he, he heard voices. Yeah. Uh, that's the an, veteran in Florida. Then he, he he asked for help from the veterans uh, from the FBI, and they, you know, they investigated him, and then they gave him his gun back and let him go, and then he then he ended up shooting every, up everybody. Like, I do think that some of these people are like uh, semi Manchurian candidates. I think that I think we need to start believing them when they say they hear voices in their heads. Yeah, yeah. we did talk yeah. about that. We we, we talked when you listen to the show, you'll hear that. We okay, we good. talked okay. about um, the son of Sam. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think the guy that shot Lennon, you know, the, and and I think even t- to a degree, Oswald was a was a Manchurian candidate. Yeah, uh, that might have been done, done with drugs. Uh, you know, that, that's a different whole different arena. Okay. But yeah, um, I do think there's a lot of electronic right. stuff going on that we anyway. don't know about. I, I I'm not oh, and I'm horrible. I, and I'm not I'm not I'm not kidding when I say this. The the people who actually believe that this stuff is not actually going on, I mean, they're fooling themselves. Well, you know. It's, you can believe it or not believe it, but it's, you know, I think it's something that you have to be aware of and, and yeah. try to counteract if you can. There's a mountain of evidence out there that there are rogue groups within the government who are using all sorts of whether or not it's stuff that we put in our food or frequencies that are coming through um, through the radio or, or whatever, the TV. I mean, we found that patent for crying out loud right. of, right. of mind control, you know, the CIA and the NSA mm-hmm. using patterns, electro frequencies, electromagnetic frequencies and stuff like that to control people. And they actually, somebody actually set out to prove that you can, you can put voices in people's heads using microwaves. Yeah. But the microwave I think has that's to... what's going on with it. Like those people Jim was talking about. Yeah. Jim, one of the one of the recommendations that I found about counteracting some of this stuff is is meditation. Yes. And I know you've been doing that for a long time. So what um do you, do you know can you talk a little bit about and I'm interested in this because I'm starting to get into meditation myself. Um uh, can you talk a little bit about what meditation does not not necessarily personally but um what what the theory is behind it, at least um, at least spiritually, or or maybe even even a little bit of the science behind it. I, I don't know how much you know about that, but um, what, what are some of the effects that you've noticed from it? Or well, I know it, you've been doing it for a long time. It, okay, it, essentially, 
I mean, meditation is sitting quietly and struggling with the mind to try to get it to be quiet. And however you do that, staring at a candle, repeating a mantra, uh, using so some people use like a certain type of music. Um, um, it it's a it's a real struggle to quiet the mind. It's it's the journey of a lifetime. But at, at, the more you do it, <clears throat> the more you get a handle on it. And um, I find that you need less sleep for one thing. Uh, it helps with your regulate your blood pressure. It uh, it on many levels it, I think it helps to keep you healthy. Uh, it reduces stress because basically you know that mind body connection. Most of the people walk around. Like with stuff in their head from the news and worrying about, you know, everyday life and their families and money and like it's just a constant internal dialogue that just does a does a number on your body over time. So if you can work each day, even if it's for like five minutes, ten minutes, to like get centered, try to get your mind to be quiet. Uh, you'll you'll find out for yourself that you'll start to see a subtle difference within yourself. And um, I find. Uh, you know, my wife, sometimes she gets up in the middle of the night and I'll say to her like, well, why'd you go downstairs and go sleep on the couch? She'll go, I had to turn the TV on. I woke up, I started thinking and I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking and I, so I couldn't sleep. And I find after many, many years now, when I go to bed, I just, I'm able to just stop thinking, shut my head off and I go right to sleep. So I don't know if that helps, but there are many, many benefits to it, but it's, it's, um, it's a practice that you need to do daily. One of the points that this this guy was making, um, his name was uh, Tromley, Adam Tromley. He's he's the head of this thing called Project Earth. But he was talking about how people generally, <clears throat> when they're in a state of fear, which is which is interesting yeah. that you yeah. brought that up, um, which is kind of what all this stuff does. It puts you in a, a, a state of fear, which puts you into a lower. Um, physiology sort of you know you're accessing a different part of your brain when that's yes. happening and and he was saying that when that condition exists you're much more susceptible to any kind of persuasions which which is one of the reasons why that's done to, to, keep, to keep us in that sort of yeah zone or frame of mind in a state of fear you know when you watch the news it's all stuff to really <laughs> to make you fearful of of all the stuff that could happen, with yeah. a, with the exception of a couple of <clears throat> fluff pieces, but that's besides the point. Well, that's yeah, that's kind of secondary to everything else, but but I think that's kind of what you're saying is that when you know when you're meditating, you you get out of that fear mechanism, and get into a higher more you know, get get in touch with a higher um, mm -hmm. consciousness or a higher part of your spiritual being. I guess maybe is mm -hmm. kind of what yeah. I think of it. So so anyway, and that type I'm, of stress I'm, relief <clears throat> over time will have it. A good impact on your health. Sure. I mean, all those things impact your like blood pressure and stuff like that. So. I mean, part of what's going on right now, I, I, you know, and I can't. There are so many people upset with the election, and like, you know, with due respect to everyone, my take on it is like, wow, like, why are you spending so much energy on being angry and fearful and? Yeah. It's exactly. It's like not. It's doing a number on people. It is. Know? It really it is. is. They need to change their focus. You can't. Large movements, as far as I'm concerned, don't work. You need to like. It's the individual. It's each individual taking care of themselves and helping those around them. I think that could have the greatest impact. Absolutely. It's a collective energy, rather than yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah.
and you see so many and, things. And work on a, on a basic level. Like work on yourself first, and then move out yeah. from there once yeah. you get yourself under control. You know, which a lot there of people don't have. There you go. But I mean, I think that we are seeing the results of living in a fear-based society, where, you know. Um, That's right, Eric. Yep. I, I mean, everything. Everything is all. Everything is all based on fear. There's really very little uplifting stuff out there that is. You can look at that and get excited about it. But I mean, a fine example is we were watching Apollo 13, and it was like. I mean, and I. I've seen it so many times. I pretty much know the movie. Um, scene by scene, and my kids were captivated. My wife was like at the at, at near tears. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that there's no villain. There's no there's no obvious bad guy. There's no Darth Vader like character. There's no conspiracy. It's just people helping other people who have a problem. Yeah. And and just like the Martian, whereas it's it's yeah. it's not about some bad person or bad thing that needs to get stopped. Somebody needs help. Let's help those people. I mean, and there's a whole bunch of these these movies out there that I want to help promote that are not based in fear. They're, or it's about people conquering something that is, is fearful. And, and there's, not, there's not enough. And a lot of people say, oh, those movies are cheesy and, and they're, they're, they're wholesome for the whole family. And it was just like, yeah. no, they're, you know, because the thing is, is that, I mean, in, in all honesty, are there really a lot of Darth Vader's or, or real like supervillains like out there in the world these days? Seriously? I think there are in some ways, you know, right? But but I don't think that by by giving them credence or giving them energy, you're feeding into their what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah, you know, I think that's kind of what you were saying, James. You know, yeah. putting all this negative energy into Trump and all the stuff that's going on is is just exactly that. It's feeding negative energy into that whole yeah. that whole planetary thing of of mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. So with that, that. you know, I I try to largely ignore it and just yeah. it's going to yeah. happen. It's going to happen. That's what I that's what I do, and uh, I don't know that everyone around me understands that that approach. Well, a lot yeah. of people can't ignore it. That's that's yeah. you know, it's just a, a yeah. It's so in your face for most people. I, it's like, I sent you to an article on um, uh, <laughs> pulling back the veil from uh, mainstream media in terms of, of journalists. And the, the type of duress that they're under. Did you guys get that one? I saw it. I, I didn't did. get a chance to read it. Okay. When you get a chance, look through it. It's really interesting. Give, give us a you quick know, They synopsis. blew the whistle on how much they're controlled and how much they're not allowed to really tell us what's going on. Yeah. Well, all the major media outlets are controlled by yeah. by some group. I don't I don't even know who. But that, That's so, why this show <clears throat> and others like it and, and alternative news I think is important and I think it's growing. You mean You mean this show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, this no, show, I for one thing, raises awareness for people, and I think the alternative news media is uh, are are growing. I think more and more people are turning away from mainstream because I think they realize it's bullshit. Yeah, it is. I mean, I had a conversation with somebody. Except, unless unless you're Brian Williams, then everything's true. <laughs> <laughs> but but I had this I had this conversation. Speaking, it's funny because I was just about to mention Brian Williams, and and you and. The difference between Brian Williams and all of these other news anchors or, or talking heads, yeah. the only difference is that Brian Williams got caught. Brian Williams right. got caught embellishing the news. And every everybody does it to some extent or another. And people are, are like, you shouldn't listen to Sean Hannity. You should be listening to Rachel Maddow. Maddow is no different than Hannity. She's, it's just a different package. They're all selling the same thing. 
they're, and they're all funneling into the same mindset yeah basically it's just you know it's it's the old uh con game of you know yeah. playing one side against the other that's, that's exactly constantly what's happening you know it's a duality that's set up us against them that's that's yeah. what happened in this this last election you know we're we're these people over here and those other people over there are people that we can't trust or should dislike or yeah. whatever you know we're really all the same people yeah in yeah. essence you know that's yeah. that's what's lost in the whole thing it's all about recruiting <clears throat> people for the cult of the yeah, donkey been, or the church it's or an age-old tact just... it's machiavellian you know yeah it's it's the way it is divide and conquer yeah, that's what it is it yeah you pit one group against the other while you're making making hey you know yeah that's that's what it comes down to that's what i, I really had that, that down yeah i have one thing to add in terms of the people that said that you and walt are full of shit in terms of the the, the, the things alternative facts you come up with i remember a quote by mark twain he said when i was 18 my parents knew nothing by the time i was 21 i was amazed at how much they had learned <laughs> and and need i need i remind them that our our handle is uh Dr. Physics. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Mm. Physics laxative. That's right. So, so, so there's no possible way we could be full of shit. <laughs> We're as regular as the day is long. <laughs> okay, now we're, now we're getting down into base. Yeah. Base energy. So Before we let's, go, let's raise it up. By any, by a, a word from our sponsor. Are you blocked up with fake news? Then try Dr. Physic laxative. <laughs> Shake one of these a day and your head will no longer be full of shit. <laughs> or, or anything oh or God. any other part of your body. Buy yours today. All right, Jim, let's get to the let's get to the All metaphysical right. news. Uh, I'm this sure you is got not some quite some... so metaphysical, but it was so interesting. I, I just wanted to put it out there. Uh, <clears throat> that, you know, you've heard a lot of stories about, well, you know, vegetarian per versus people that eat meat. Meat's not good for you. Well, they finally discovered why meat, uh, especially red meat, is cancer-causing. There's a sugar molecule in it that's uh, found in most ma mammals but not humans, and it causes the autoimmune system to go crazy and create inflammation in the body. And they know for sure now that inflammation is the root cause of all diseases uh, for mankind. So uh, that's the reason red meat is a, is a bugaboo for people eating it. It's, uh, it plays havoc with your body over time. So I just thought that was interesting. Well, that goes back to the show we did about the gut. And, and yeah. How, um, oh, yeah. You know, what you eat clearly causes inflammation. And, and that yep. is what leads to all yep. kinds of different stuff. All kinds of stuff, yeah. You know, cancer, I think, is rooted in that yeah um, that kicks off the something we we talked a little about last week was was uh the epigenome which is kind of the layer over the dna yeah and yeah. that's the, that's what sort of regulates the dna so when you do when you know when you breathe in pollutants and, and those kinds of things it goes through the epi, epigenome and kicks your dna whatever existing conditions you have in your dna it kicks them into gear so it's kind of like the trigger and i think that sort of ties into what you're talking about you know depend. you know what you eat definitely yeah is that's an old saying but it's true definitely yeah. affects it yeah what you eat is what what you are basically that's is very true yeah. yeah okay this uh will probably uh these next two things will segue into your uh, show today but um Back in uh, the 1900s, a, a German-American scholar uh, <clears throat> at an ancient site in Iraq, he found these uh, triangular uh, blocks that had uh, ancient Sumerian inscriptions on them. 
And in uh, deciphering them, uh, they came up with what's called the Sumerian King Kings list, which you guys probably heard of before. But what's perplexing scholars to this day, and I think it's just because if they're perplexed, they don't have an open mind. And I wrote about this in my book, the fact that mankind at one time on this planet lived to the age <clears throat> average lifespan was a hundred thousand years. And then as things you know happened on the planet, it reduced to ten thousand years, and then. If you look in the Bible, Moses lived a you know a thousand years. That was all real. This is not you know not a mistake in calculations. And then you you take it down to the present day, where you know we're supposedly if we if we do things right, we live to be a hundred. Anyway, the <clears throat> according to this translation from Sumer, there were eight kings that ruled over a span of three hundred eighty-five thousand years before the flood. Uh, you know, wiped out the planet. And they, they give the names of the kings. The first one ruled for 28,800 years. The next one ruled for 43,200 years and so on. And I just thought that uh, that, that was like – I've come across it before, but it like it rekindled my interest. And then after the flood came and I guess the destruction of Atlantis, um, lifespans dropped drastically. Uh the next <clears throat> records talk about different people ruling for like 300 years, 840 years, 900 years. And as you go through time, it seems to diminish the closer you get towards towards our period of time. So um, I, I think uh, I once read that the king, the kings of Atlantis uh, somehow related to this king's list. And there was a more comprehensive a uh, list of Atlantean kings, but I, I wasn't able to find it for the show. It's out there someplace. So I just I wonder what you guys think about all that. Well, need I mention that those kings were Anunnaki? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I, hey, I believe that. Yeah. Well, the interesting part is that <clears throat> Eric's. Um, Besides Eric, myself, Eric, Eric was timing. Eric has, Eric has a timer on. Eric times to see how how long we are into the show before I mention the Anunnaki. Thirty minutes forty seconds. <laughs> I'm slipping. <laughs> I'm definitely slipping. But but the Anunnaki had an extended life lifespan uh, because it had to do with um, for one thing the the planet Nibiru. Had a, had a different orbit around the sun, so they they had an extended lifespan, and they had conquered um, a lot of the diseases and stuff that um, would you know would kill people. Um, and they they also had um, a substance that they used, um, which was an alchemical process that they had you know that they had developed or had privilege to anyway, um, and it was monatomic gold. Which, which is one of the reasons why they came to Earth to get gold to produce that substance. And then what that does is ex extends your lifespan. So I think as time went on, um, there was less probably and less. Probably especially only given <clears throat> to the line of kings. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, definitely. And it, as time went on, there was less and less access maybe to that knowledge. And, <clears throat> and the Anunnaki bloodline became more and more watered down um, through through interbreeding with, with humans and stuff like that. So I, I think that's part of the reason why that, um, <clears throat> why that diminished as time went on. And, and the kings became more and more human and less and less Anunnaki. I think that's you know, part you, of it. Don't you think that that's where the line of kingship 
uh, comes from in all the European countries, uh, you know, tracing their lineage back and, you know, passed on within within bloodlines. Uh, you know, of course, it's the First World War wiped out all that out, but, you know, everyone was, everyone, especially in the Middle Ages, the king was like divine. In Japan, right. the king was, the, the emperor yeah. was divine. That was the line of thought they always used. And, and um, you know, in a lot of, in, in a lot of thinking, uh, Anu, who was the head of the Anunnaki Council, was God. You know, yeah. it was was in essence God. So you know, they were in in some sense descended from that from his okay. lineage, yeah. mm-hmm. which is where I think that all comes from. They had, I think, it really had more Anunnaki blood, which mm-hmm. is where the term blue bloods and stuff like that comes. Yes. From. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yep. So it all, it all kind of ties together. Interestingly enough, I I think. Um, one, one of the things that this guy that was talking about the harmonics, uh, the scale that he was, he was saying that is more in, in resonance with, with humans um, is 432 is, is the frequency, I think. And a lot of that king, the king's lineage is based on that, those numbers. It's amazing how those numbers come up. 432? Yeah, were sequences of those numbers. Mm. Um, I think that's what it is. I have to do some some research on that, but um, we can get to that when we do the yeah. show. We're going to do a show on that. So on um, frequencies, that'll probably be the number of the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> episode well, four, yeah, three, that'll, two. That'll be a long ways out <laughs> since yeah. we're coming up on fifty. Yeah. Um, but uh, interestingly, interestingly enough, he was also talking about the number sixty being uh, a sacred number, which which again we'll get to when we. Yeah, show, there's a lot of there's a lot of like really weird synchronicity with numbers and stuff like that. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot to numerology that people, yeah. people don't know about. Yeah. So what do you you have anything else, Jim? Or? Well, yeah, this is the final piece, and it kind of it, it follows with the <clears throat> the Sumerian kings list. You know, it all of a sudden changes with with the, the deluge, the flood, the worldwide disaster, and um, I know you're going to be talking about this on the show. Um, there's a one person uh, that wrote a book, Otto Muck. He was a German scientist with 2,000 patents to his name. And uh, <clears throat> I highly recommend uh, his book. Um, it was called, uh, let's see, The Secret of Atlantis by Otto Muck. And basically, I think you're going to say all, all mucked up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> anyway, the show is run amok. What all, what all, what all rolls together here is that, you know, the Earth had an upright uh, axis, and it was struck by an asteroid. Uh, it it caused the planet to wobble. It tilted it uh, 23 degrees, and uh, it slowed down. So we used to have 360 days in the year. Now we have 365. He talked about. The, the, uh, the Gulf Stream being changed and how it affected the climate uh, in Europe uh, when Atlantis disappeared. He talked about the migration of the eels. He says there's no reason why eels <clears throat> should swim from continent to continent, most of them dying along the way to spawn. He says that in an, in, when Atlantis existed, they used to swim from the continent over to Atlantis and back, which was a much shorter journey. He talked about uh, the sea of mud that, that are records of after Atlantis sank. It made part of that the sea in the Atlantic impassable. impassable. He talked about the quick frozen mammoths and what, what happened 
geologically and climatologically that, that caused them to be quick frozen when, when that asteroid hit. Uh, he said that the ring of fire around the, the planet, all the volcanoes went off, and there was so much magma coming out that and, you know, Atlantis was undermined and it, and it sank. I mean, he, he gives a lot of proofs. I mean, this guy was a tuned-up scientist. If you have 2,000 patents to your name, you have to be fairly brilliant. So uh, I think that kind of segues into your show today. I, I just thought that his book was very, very interesting. The, Probably one of the best uh, I've read. Apparently, um, Atlantis was a huge block of land that was very close, or, or Europe, the edge of the coast of Europe may actually have been part of it. Yeah. So it's the same thing with the lemmings that, that are, you know, people think that, these, oh, right. that the they lemmings, commit yeah. suicide. They mm -hmm. jump off a cliff to swim. But actually what they're doing is they're, they're following their biological instinct to, to migrate. <clears throat> and and where they were migrating to, um, I don't know how many thousands of years ago, but um, there's no place to migrate to anymore. Yeah. So they just drowned. Because, yep. you know, so, so that, yeah, that's an interesting... Um, Again, Supposedly, it, it, the it, Canary Islands uh, are the tips of the submerged seamounts. Right, right, right. And that um, that's that makes sense when you think about it, because there's there's a lot of conjecture about where Atlantis, Atlantis was or what it was. Or, I mean, there's there's Something all we're kinds of stuff out there which we're going to get to. But, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> but yeah, that's an interesting. Um, that's that's you know, as you said, he's a scientist, so he he's it's more than just philosophical conjecture i guess no, he did a tremendous amount of, of research and uh a lot of people you know follow his book even though he's not not alive anymore when, what, you might want to look at project avalon.net they okay. have a pretty interesting take on atlantis too with some huh. interesting information when was Otto Muck working what was his what time uh, was like he worked early, for the early, nazis of course early not oh, was it early 1900s or after yeah yeah and, and into the 40s. One of the I'm not sure when he died. Probably the 50s. One of the things that really sort of surprises me is is that when you when you trip, you trip on a lot of facts that it was just like, because you know, uh, Hitler was looking for evidence of, you know, the divine bloodline of the Aryan people. Oh yeah, which, and, which in essence came from Atlantis. Yeah, that's what yeah. he that's what he thought, yeah. and he spent a lot of time and energy looking for Atlantis. And I'm just wondering how come a lot of people don't. You know, uh, you know, latch on to that and say, you know, what's what's the deal with that? How come nobody ever took the time to further look into? I mean, and you look, you, I mean, you look at all the, the the scientific and technological advancements that that the that the Nazis brought to to the world, and you would think that you would give them a little bit more credence. I mean, it's awful to say because the Nazis were obviously aw awful people. But it, well, it, 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 it threw mean, the baby out with the bathwater, but I think our, our CIA and military di didn't throw it out with the bathwater. I think they they probably know they probably absorbed that information. Yeah, no, I think I think there was a big influence from the people that came over with Operation Paperclip. Yeah, to, to those agencies even. Yeah, yeah, it, and uh, and and while we keep pushing more and more for disclosure, there's a lot of things that it, I mean, it's one of the topics that I would like to see the government come out and admit. Hey, look! This is the this is the amount of money that we that we spend in doing research for a lot of this, and they keep finding like abnormalities under the water and stuff like that. And it was that they like you know in the Caribbean they have these underwater roads, these blocks oh, that right. were just like yeah. laid out, and these underwater pyramids. Well, wh where did they come from? I mean, they're just there gets to be a point where you can only say that they're they're um, 
natural forming artifacts just for so long before you start saying, yeah, I'm not buying it. All of these are naturally formed artifacts and they all, you know, you have this underwater road that is like all these blocks lined up and, and, and I'm, I will post pictures of it, but it was just like, first of all, who moved those the, the rocks? Bimini Road? Is that what you're talking about? I think so. Yeah, the Bimini Road. They put out so much disinformation, you guys know. That people get confused. They 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 look at that and they say, well, but this guy said that uh, it's just geological fracturing. So like they, they kind of discount it, you know, in their minds. It's it's like your uncle George hangs on to those facts because he cannot stand the notion that he is not the highest form of life in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Hey, hey Jim, I just want to tell you before you before you leave. Um, I I've been in touch with a lady. Um, who has done a lot of work with Native Americans. She lives in Montana. And yeah. I was trying to trying to get her as a guest on the show, and she, she got back to me, and she was telling me that um, she wouldn't be able to be a guest till after the summer, probably, because, although she didn't say she couldn't do the show, um, she's working with Graham Hancock. Mm-hmm. No he, way! Yeah, he's, he's doing a book on the early um, history of North America now. He's, he's, oh, that's, he's that starting work, and she's, she's yeah. working with him on that. So, you know, I'm thinking maybe we'll have some, some inroad into him, you know, to, to maybe we can interview him or something. But um, yeah. Man, that would be, that would be great. Would be cool, yeah. yeah. Killer. Um, so, you know, that's it. I mean, there's a lot of knowledge there that's just, mm-hmm. you know, been lost or, or subverted Covered or whatever. Yeah. You know, a yeah. lot of the a lot of the Native American tribes have kept it sort of under wraps, I think. Sure. Um, because they just didn't want to share it with people that would not use it for the right purposes, I think. is, And, and they, they do have a little bit of a somewhat of a grudge, I think, toward European uh, culture, <laughs> you know, no, which, yeah. which I can Justifiably understand. Yeah. So, yeah. Be- right. before, before we let you go, Jim, I, I, I have to ask you, because um, this question keeps coming up a, a time and time again. Um, and, and so many other forums out there that I participate with and, and people had asked me, do you really believe in lost civilizations? Do you really believe in there was once uh, a, a global civilization that went extinct and there's hardly any evidence of it anymore? And I say, how can how can you not? What what do you have to say about that question before we get going? I, I, on? I agree with you. I mean, I, I, that to me. That's a narrow-minded approach with due respect to the people to think that way. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But like I, just the stuff I've followed, I've read, gleaned, and captured within my head over the past 40, 50 years is like absolutely. I mean I, how can you be a – I don't know. How can, to me, it just doesn't make sense to, to discount any of that. Yeah, absolutely we had a worldwide civilization. And well, I think but- they find anomalies that kind of head in that direction like – a piece of chain buried in a coal, uh, a coal mine, you know, and 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 the, and the layers like from like 350 yeah. million years or something. I mean, there are anomalies like that. A piece of, you know, a piece of uh, a, a ceramic disc that had to be like man-made. That's that's in a layer of strata that's so old it's unbelievable. So like, yeah, I think there are evidences that they just put on a shelf in disregard that point to the fact that yeah, there there was a probably more than one civilization here but the, but the thing is that that knowledge is suppressed it's yeah, it is suppressed for, for, for whatever reason i you know who knows why I, I i don't have an explanation for it why why should that not be out there and just said 
this is this is what we found, or this is what there is. All right, this is my um, take on it. This you is know, my, this it's, is it's a concerted effort to suppress yes. things. You know? Yes. Yeah, I think it's all about free energy. I think UFO disclosure uh, is not coming forward because the gas and oil interests, you know, UFOs run on free energy, and I think our ancient civilizations understood that and used it. They used the Earth magnetic currents. They knew how to. Uh, send wireless energy around the planet to power their ships and and so forth, and they don't want that out there. They don't. They they need to steer us away from any thought that would even get close to rediscovering that stuff. And anybody that that gets close to it, I mean, we've seen that they murder people. They they come up with a device and they're going to like uh, have a press conference and they're found bludgeoned in their driveway. You know, the device is missing. I mean, we've heard tons of stories like yeah, that. Yeah. I think that's the bottom line. I, I was listening to. Control, I was listening to. Uh, I, I I agree. That's a huge part of it. I was listening to Linda Moulton Howe, who's done tons of research on pyramids and alternative kind of things like that, and she was talking about this. Um, Black Pyramid in Alaska. It's called. They refer to it as a Black Pyramid. Is it in Alaska or in Antarctica? No, it's there in Alaska. Or, this one is in Alaska, and the military okay. are all over it. There, you know, it's guarded. They, you can't get near it. But she, she's saying that they um, conjecture that this pyramid could generate enough energy to to power the whole world. Wow, that's um, interesting. So. You know, yeah, that fits right in with what you're saying. They, they don't want people to know about that, you know, because they can't put a meter on that sucker, you know. And I think the the whole planet was a worldwide grid at one time. That's what all, why all the pyramids are there. And they're well, finding I, more and more I pyramids agree. all the time, you know. I agree. It was a worldwide network. And on, on a lesser level, the fine-tuning was done uh, in, in hamlets and towns by using uh, terrestrial feng shui. They used to, like... Uh, put stones in the ground and to, to groom the lines to make them, you know, uh, flow in a more healthy manner. Sort I mean, I, all that stuff, the knowledge is, is somewhat there, but I think it just supports what you're talking about. Absolutely. And we had a worldwide yeah. grid. We did. And that's what Tesla was getting to. Absolutely. But, oh, God, yeah. But, but he they was, put the kibosh on him. Yeah, yeah, they suppressed him. Westinghouse did, did a number on Yeah, him. Westinghouse and, yeah. and uh, J.P. Morgan. They made him look like a fool. Yeah. 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 There you go. Well, this is a great show. It's great yeah. talking to yeah, you guys same, again. Yeah. It, the, the, the quality is crystal clear, Eric. It's like yeah. you're here. It's, it's much like better. You're here. Yeah. It's like you're in crystal the room, clear. which is cool. And I'm also I'm also wondering if it has anything to do with uh, moving things around in the office again. I wonder. If well, I think it has more to do with the pyramid that Jim had installed in his living room. <laughs> 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 well, I, I have that pyramid you gave me, Walt, right on my desk. I, I oh, do you? It there yeah. That, yeah, that, that, yeah, it's that right Lucite there, so one. Yeah, that's yeah. That came from Mexico. That's, it's that's not the, pretty yeah. cool. It's not the pyramid he's wearing on his head right now, is it? <laughs> no, that, that's, no, that's the tinfoil hat. <laughs> that's the tinfoil hat. <laughs> All right, Jim, thanks. Hey, hey, it was good getting back with you again. And uh, it was that's good to talk to you guys. I'll talk to you next week. Okay, uh, good. Thanks, Jim. See you later. Bye. Hail Atlantis. As always, we're looking for things to promote and share on the Metaphysical Connection podcast. 
If you have something that you would like us to discuss on the show, you can send us your copy to my email address, info at thefedorachronicles.com. We'll help you to promote your events, goods and services, and media that you created like documentaries, books, and even other podcasts that would be interesting to our audience. Once again, drop me a line at info at thefedorachronicles.com. You can find out more about us by going to metaphysicalpodcast.com where you can find links to our Facebook page and Twitter handle. Support the show by going to zazzle.com slash Chronicles. For Metaphysical Connection products and items from our other media on the Fedora Chronicles network. Um, no, because the thing is, is that one of the things I really wanted to do, and and we're we're a little past due, um, around um, December thirtieth, I want to dedicate. I wanted to dedicate a show or to Phil Copens, who wrote a series of books that really sort of opened my eyes and said, "We really got to start doing a series of podcasts on the unexplained, paranormal, lost civilizations." Phil Copens, who passed away. Um, uh, December 30th 2012 and it's it's been what is it almost five years yeah it's kind of what I took a guess at it and that was pretty close it's four years you know and uh, I five years this yeah this coming December and and the thing is is that um, and he you know there's a lot once in a while you come across a book that really sort of changes your life and changes your perspective and changes the way that you see the world changes your personal paradigm and when i read his book and i wrote a review for this that was very it's still my review in itself is pretty controversial is that the the notion is that there are huge chunks of human history that that are lost that are gone forever and and what happened what happened um thousands of years before the civilization as we know it now and i think that i think that that's the basic question that we ask here on the podcast all the time is we're searching for lost knowledge essentially Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know we're, we're in school you're taught that there's a you know there's a straight line sort of between cavemen yeah and and now and, and it's it was just a gradual progression of civilization and yeah. developing of technology and and I, I don't think that's true I, I, I don't think that's um, accurate I think it's just a very simplistic way of presenting and and for some reason science tries to pigeonhole us into that mindset yeah. um, I, I think there were several um, civilizations that preceded our own um, some I think more advanced than ours spiritually and technologically um however those the knowledge of those has, has either been lost and or suppressed or yeah. a combination of the two because um, you know things are like we talked about in the previous segment with jim i mean these these things are um come to light sometimes but they're considered anomalies like nobody really has a place for them so they just kind of say well i don't know we don't know about that you know or something it's an anomaly, and, and we never, don't. It never gets plugged into something, really. It's just yeah. kind of floating around out there, you know. So as a result, the paradigm changes very little, 
and, and scientists have a, like the scientific community. I don't want to group all scientists in, in one fell swoop, but I think the scientific community has a vested interest in keeping things the way they are. Yeah. Because that's what they've kind of based their careers on, you know, a certain grasp and that's of exactly, certain kind of knowledge. And that's exactly what Phil Copens <clears throat> had said in yeah, his yeah. book is that, I mean, there is a specific paradigm. There is a specific mindset and these people get, there are people who get upset over climate change deniers or global warming deniers, mm-hmm. but yet these are the same people who shun any information about lost civilizations right. or the evidence that exists that proves that our civilization is not the most advanced civilization that ever lived right. on earth. We want to create, keep continue the illusion that we are on the top of the heap. Yes. The top of the heap that's ever been. And the, and the thing is, is that it's like if, if somebody presented you with evidence that there, there were a, a, there's a succession of advanced civilizations that got to the, who got to the pinnacle of human knowledge and human and, and who have mastered areas of science that we have yet to rediscover. And they destroyed themselves. And after that, there was a rise of another global civilization that rose to their pinnacle. And then they destroyed themselves. And then a third time, there was a global civilization that rose to the pinnacle of human science, technology, Mm -hmm. and they destroyed themselves. Or or, or were destroyed by some cataclysm. Or were destroyed. Right. We, what, we don't know which necessarily, but we know that something happened that, you know, what changed would, things. But what, what would be the obvious conclusion to the fact that there are, there have been such cataclysms that have happened time and time again? Well, things are cyclical. There's a cycle it, of, of, of when things happen. Wouldn't you say that if this has happened before, it, it will happen again? Well, you could, could certainly make that case. Wouldn't that be terrifying? Because if they, if these yeah. other advanced if, civilizations, if, you want to dwell on that. if these yeah. other advanced civilizations evolved here on Earth with or without the help or participation of aliens, because one one of one of two things is true, there are either there are either advanced civilizations here that evolved all on their on their lonesome, mm-hmm. and these people have destroyed themselves, and we are only the fourth or fifth incarnation of a global quote-unquote mm-hmm. civilization and we're on the brink of destroying ourselves again i believe well it could be but i i choose not to dwell on that because it's not yeah. really too much we can do about it or there are uh, aliens <clears throat> here and they colonize an, another way to look at it eric is is if we um do have some degree of control over what we do and and if in fact one or more of those civilizations was was the um the outcome of that was self-destruction you know, are we on a path toward that? And what can we do to change that path? You know, that that's another, I think, a little bit more positive. I mean, I don't like to feel that we have no control over. I mean, th- some things are universe, universally cyclical. Yeah. You know, um, you know, just on the news the other night, there was a there was a, a fireball that was recorded. I'm not sure where it was yeah. recorded, but they said it was a meteor of some kind. So, you know, and for that to be showing up on a 
on a news clip or something. It must have been a pretty big meteor. So, yeah. You know, those things are out there. We just, we, we don't have any control over that. But we do have control over our, our own destiny in some sense. And our own beliefs. How we handle things, yeah. And um, are we heading in a good direction? Mm, not sure. I yeah. Know, you know, I, I like to think that we go through peaks and valleys, you know, where it seems like we hit a low point and then we kind of come up from, from there, you know. So yeah. maybe we're at a, a low point now. We're just going to – maybe it's going to usher in a new – you know, there's a lot of people thinking that or thinking that this is a new age coming. Right. You know, we're, I mean, the hope we have, have prophecies about that. Yeah. You know, that we go through different stages. Um, there's been four stages of, of human existence. Um, they call them worlds. But, yeah. You know, the, what they really are is what you were talking about. I think is different civilizations have developed and then were either destroyed by natural causes or by self-destruction, one of the two. So um, I guess it's sort of something you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I don't choose to spend a whole lot of time dwelling on it because it's not really, not really productive. <laughs> You're a but, smarter man than me. I mean, well, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything that's going to come out of that. That's yeah. going to change it a whole lot. It's like worrying about something. Yeah. Worrying doesn't change anything. It never does. You know, it just It's just your own personal anxiety or whatever that yeah. increases. Uh, but <clears throat> so, so Atlantis was... was Clearly, if, if you believe a lot of the things that have been written about it. Now, one of the real problems with Atlantis uh, is that there's no real hard evidence of it that's been discovered yet. I think, right. I think, I think it will be at some point. And I think, I think we're probably pretty close to that. Mm -hmm. um, there's been some things found under the ocean and stuff like that, which seem to indicate that there were some man-made structures there at some point. Um, but nothing really definitive that somebody could say okay this is atlantis you know there's no right no, nobody's found a sign that you know was carved has car yeah. carved atlantis into it you know atlantis here a mile know. marker that says 12 right. miles to atlantis so, right exactly yeah um don't forget to stop at walgreens or something you know yeah whatever the atlantean version of that would have been um so that's part of the problem and you know a lot of very intelligent people have weighed in on this but but atlantis even among the people that are considered um, fringe by by the scientific community, again, fringe yeah. people, um, not that they haven't put a lot of time and a lot of work and a lot of research in people like Graham Hancock, right, who's got tons of books out about you know alternative histories and things like that. Um, he still is hesitant to, to mention the Big A, Atlantis, because usually when you do that, it puts you in a category of of lunatic fringe yeah you know? and, and he obviously doesn't want to be considered that um even john anthony west who's done a lot of research on egypt and the sphinx and what the time frame of that was and stuff he still even when he mentions atlantis it's in quotes so there's still a lot of tentative um thoughts or energy around that right you know so that if you come out and say yes there definitely was an atlantis you know you get you get a lot of stuff thrown at you, I guess. Right. You know, intellectual like stuff. Like Phil Copens. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. He took a lot of yeah. a lot of abuse. Um so, you know, there's a lot of conjecture about what Atlantis was, what it wasn't. Um nobody seems to be able to agree on on anything really. Like even where it was. Right. You know. Uh, I guess the first 
real mention of it that we that's recorded anyway or documented was was Plato. Yes. Um, Plato, you know, wrote these two pieces. I guess they were they were they were um, essays. Yes. Critias, really. um, the Critias, and the Timaeus. Yes, the two of my, I guess I'm saying those correctly. We may not be pronouncing it correctly, but, but, but that's what they were. They were yeah. they were two um, documents that he wrote, um, and a lot of people have conjectured that he made this this up. That mm-hmm. it was allegorical. That he was making it up to emphasize a point about sure. about civilization and how it declines. And if it's and, true, and if he did make it up, then that's the first evidence of science fiction. And Plato could be right. Considered. It was it was a pretty imaginative work if he yeah. did in fact make it up. However. Um, the knowledge of Atlantis did not start with Plato. Okay. There was a, there was a relative. Now, now Plato, Plato was around 300 BC, I think, around in that area. Um, so his one of his relatives called Salon, um, who was one of the original uh, sculptors of, of the Greek um, political structure, mm-hmm. he, was, he was actually called a lawgiver. Because uh, he wrote a lot of the laws that came to be accepted as the Greek um, way to frame their society, um, he wrote he wrote some of the original laws, and he was two hundred years before Plato. However, he was a relative of Plato, so um, he he wrote some of the original laws, and then he decided it was probably a good time for him to leave Greece because he was going to get a lot of kickback on on the laws and what the ramifications of the laws were. So he took off for Egypt. Yeah, and he stayed there about ten years. He figured things would probably cool down by the time he got back. Uh, but while he was there, he he um, came into contact with a lot of Egyptian priests, um, who downloaded to him a lot of knowledge of Atlantis. So a lot of the things that Plato wrote about actually came through Salon, through uh, Plato's family, and, and you know I guess that probably would have been by word of mouth. So, you know, over 200 years, things can get mutated. And, you know, it's like the old telephone game. Or, although <laughs> some of it may have been written down. Yeah. I'm not sure. But this didn't just come from one Egyptian priest. This came from multiple priests that were... A um, series of people who who were... Were they a part of the uh, Egyptian magic school? Uh, probably. Okay. Yeah, they, were, they were keepers of, of the Egyptian mysticism. Um, and they would, you know, they, the, the priests were the people who did that. They were the ones that were... And, and they were, I think, wanting to pass this on to other cultures, maybe. So they wanted, I think they, they wanted, wanted they, him. To, they, they wanted to get the word out. Yeah, they wanted him to take it back to Greece and, and get, the, get the knowledge out there. Now, now Egypt apparently was the first really big colony of, of Atlantis. So that's where this knowledge came from. Um, they supposedly had colonies all over the planet at some point. Right. Uh, so this is the basis for what Plato brought forward on yep. Atlantis. Now there's a lot of discrepancies in what, you know, I mean, he got into real detail. Plato got into real detail about Atlantis. Yeah, he really did. The political structure and the, you know, their art and, and those kinds of things. So, so he either made all this up or he did, in fact, he was reporting what Salon brought back from, from Egypt, whatever, whatever those details were. Um, and there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of conjecture about what Plato wrote and, you know, what the interpretation of it is and, and all those things. Like, he he said that Atlantis was, existed beyond the pillars of Hercules. 
All right. Well, there's a lot of theories on what the pillars of Hercules actually are. Rocks of Gibraltar. Yeah. Well, that's one. But there's a bunch of other ones, too, that people right. can't really even decide what those were. You know, and what does that mean? Does that mean right right off the coast of Greece or or, or what? You know, what? and if you don't have a common interpretation of the pillars of Hercules, then everything else sort of comes, right. gets a little sketchy. But, but, he, but, every, but back in his day, everybody knew what the pillars of Hercules was. Well, that may be, but... No, I mean, in, I'm in just current, assuming. In, in current day, they, there's no. no agreement on that, no. what, they, what they really were. Um, so we don't really know that. And then where was Atlantis? You know, the common accepted version, I think, that most people, when they think of Atlantis, they think of a big continent out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Is, is that not true? Or a very large island, like, right. you know, right. like... Well, when you I, think of Atlantis, what, what, do you, what do you think of? Um, what's your, what what's I, your vision? What I used to believe Atlantis was, was that beyond... The, the rocks of Gibraltar, as mm-hmm. it were, beyond there's a there was a large island continent, not unlike Australia, maybe not to the same size mm-hmm. as dis, and as described by Plato, and, and I also with a lot of my reading is is that it may have been one of the world's first artificial man-made islands. Because oh, you had, you, because I, you had the, heard that. because you had the, you had the rings within the rings within the rings, and you. Well, had, that's but but see that you're you're talking about the city now. There, yes, there was a city that was kind of like the capital, right, uh, of um, of Atlantis. But, I think it was Atlon. Right, but then but then, it, it, the more reading I do is, and and Phil Copens is one of the ones who really opened my eyes to this, is that Atlantis really wasn't as much of a place as it was an alliance, not unlike NATO. Where you have all of these nations mm-hmm. that that were lining around the Atlantic Ocean, from the Egyptians to the Mayans and and everybody else in between, you know, going as far north as Greenland and as far south as 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 an as Antarctica. That's also a theory. Well, I've also heard it postured that uh, Atlantis was the beginning of. The cult, the worldwide culture, yeah. everything kind of st- you know everything else was a colony of Atlantis. That's another thing. Yeah, branched that's another thing. Out, you know, and and that that to me I think makes a little more sense because um, a lot of people position Atlantis as a Garden of Eden. Yeah, which, which is where man really sort of came into being, so to speak. Now, how you interpret that, I guess, is but, there's but, a lot of different then, interpretations then, for that. Too. But then, if you go with the original interpretation of where Eden may have been then then we're talking about you know um the middle east the middle east yeah. our, you know the area that we know now know as uh, as as iraq mm-hmm. and that's getting into the anunnaki again yeah there eric. you go every time i, I, I got to get that bring, bell bringing a smile to eric i got to get that bell every time uh, every time every, that's know. another whole story you know we don't need to get into but um you know there's 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 a lot of thinking that civilization as was you know during that time frame began with with the anunnaki and that the, they really downloaded a whole bunch of knowledge to, right. to mankind and and raised them up so to speak yeah <clears throat> so i don't know you know it's all conjecture no, nobody really has any heart like i said and it has no hard fast knowledge or or even artifacts yeah. from there you know um, if they could find some of those things, it would make a big, a big difference. I think. 
in, in the way people view this. A lot of people think this is just pure nonsense. You know? Yeah, I mean, more power to them. I mean, it would be. Yeah, that's, that's fine. They can you get know. that if they want. To me, the more I research and the more I learn about it, it, it makes more and more sense yeah. that there was some kind of worldwide civilization. You know, which we've talked about in other shows. Right. And, and, and an advanced culture of some kind. And the thing is, is that it would be very comforting to believe that uh, Atlantis is just a, a, a fantasy fairy tale place. Because the thing is, if the Atlanteans destroyed themselves with all of their advanced knowledge and civilization, then what hope do we have? Yeah, unless we learn from that. Yeah. You know, history repeats itself. So unless you learn from it, yeah. you know, you're not getting any any edge from that. I think that one of the things that Plato had, had written about, and which is really important about his writings about Atlantis, mm-hmm. is that it it is a worthwhile parable to look at and read at because he he outlines all of these incredible advancements that the people of Atlantis had, all these great things that they were able to, with free energy, as it were. In terms of technology. In terms of technology. And the thing is, is that he tells the story about how they just got so big for their britches and they eventually destroyed themselves because of their hubris. Now, again, when you when you think about Plato's time frame, um, how would he even, I mean, why would free energy even be in his thought patterns, you know? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure about how, how could he, what concept did he have of energy? What, yeah, what, what was energy to the Greeks in, in 300 BC? Not, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I doubt they, they were using electricity, although there was some talk that the Egyptians had some form of electricity, but. I yeah, I don't think the Greeks gets gets kinda, back to our prior shows on 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 the pyramids. Yeah, yeah, which um, you know is another whole topic. But uh, you know, a lot of the knowledge that we have of Atlantis, um, which again is not scientific necessarily, comes from Ed, Edgar Casey. Yes, um, you want to talk a little bit about. Edgar Casey I think you want to. I think you want to talk about. Well, Edgar no, yeah, I mean you have knowledge. About I mean Edgar Casey, Casey was this guy who, back in what the early, the late eighteen hundreds and the early nineteen hundred, early well, more 19, in like the thirties, more in the thirties and thirties. Yeah, he was the guy who would go into a trance and he had mm-hmm. these visions of Atlantis, and I'm not sure if whether or not was he the one who believed that he was a reincarnated um, uh, former. A uh, member of the aristocracy in oh, in Atlantis. In, in Atlantis, yeah. yeah. His, his name was Rata. Yeah, uh, he was a priest, and and he was actually uh, a warrior priest. Uh, he he would he was one of the ones that went out and conquered Egypt or whatever Egypt was at that point, and then colonized it. Yeah. So, so he it was his belief that he was the reincarnation of of Rata, this priest. Yeah. Um, but. He was called the sleeping prophet because he would go into, he wasn't really asleep. He was, like you said, he was in a trance, but he, he would do readings for people. And, and he believed that many of the people that he did readings for were people that had lived in Atlantis at some point. So he got a viewpoint through the reading that he did from them about what their life would have been like in Atlantis. So he got a real insight into what, what Atlantis uh, looked like and what it, you know, what the political structure was and, and all of those things through these readings that he did. And he did tons of them. I think it was in the hundreds. He did readings on other things too, but he, he did a lot on Atlantis that, that had to do with Atlantis. So, um, 
one, one, one of the things that he gleaned from these readings was that there were basically two, two factions in, well, I'm getting a little ahead of myself now. There, there are actually four stages of Atlantis, um, which, which were destroyed and then rebuilt again, uh, going back to about a million years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and Atlantis was a huge, huge continent. As, as, as he said, it was as big as um, Asia or, or, and even bigger than Asia, actually, at some point. And the, and the configuration of the, of the landmass at that point was way different than it is now because there's been so many geologic changes since then. Um, and then there was the second permutation of Atlantis where there was a mass destruction based upon the Earth tilting on its axis. Which Jim mentioned earlier. Which Jim on. mentioned earlier, right. Which I think they're contributing or uh, attributing that to a, to a meteor strike, huge yeah. meteor strike, which really terraformed the planet kind of. Uh, the pole shifted and, and the revolution um, slowed down a little bit. So it really impacted the whole surface of the planet and yeah. then there was a third version of atlantis and then the final one that i think we're almost familiar with it was the fourth one and that was when atlantis was at its smallest size and that's right. what the, what you were referring to as being a a big sort of continent like an in, island state yeah island state but in the middle of the atlantic ocean which was the very yeah. very last so that that may contribute to some of the confusion as to where atlantis was what it was because Atlantis could have been at some point maybe half of the landmass of yeah. the planet, and then it just as as things happened, as geological changes yeah. happened, it, it shrunk and shrunk. Because looking at one of the maps that you have in in, in this book, what which is the book that you have there? On, on your um, it's elbow? called Legends of Atlantis and Lost Lemuria. Oddly enough, gifted to me by my friend Jim, who was on with us earlier, the Lord Jim, in um, two thousand and three. Yeah. So I pulled it off my shelf. It's like he knew. <laughs> it's like he <laughs> it, knew it back is. then. But the thing uh, is, Jim's been onto this stuff for a long time. In in one of those maps, it it looks as if that there like there is a continent between um, North America, Europe, and Africa. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I think I think Atlantis was part of Europe. I mean, I think it was I think it was all connected. And then, like we mentioned before, it was filled in with water. You know, in between. So yeah. that's why there's so much overlap. Like in, in Celtic um, beliefs and, and Middle Eastern beliefs and, and even Native American beliefs, yeah. they're, they're, they all reference sky gods being the being the progenitors of their sure. of their culture and their society and their religion. And so, you know, where do you go with that? Yeah, it's, well, I mean, it's all connected. How did that? How could that be if there was no no connection at some point in time? I have a problem with people looking at that and they say that it was just like oh, it, it just it just happened naturally. It's, you know, normalization or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it, and, and the thing is, is that, nah, you know what? I, I, I gotta, I gotta say that all the, all these civilizations were somehow connected. Getting back to the pyramids that keep like cropping up. Right. And it's like, we keep finding these pyramids. I mean, who, who built all of these pyramids that are all, all over the planet? I, I don't understand it. The thing is that, but Edgar Casey, I think is one of the most famous people to, uh, to talk about Atlantis. There's also, we also talked about this book the, fir- the first time that we recorded this episode. And there's a book called Atlantis um, by Ignatius Donnelly. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, is that he, he, I mean, he had documented all of these strange artifacts that were found all over the world. And it's like, where did they come from? He, yeah, he had a, ra- he had raised point, this yeah. point, whereas it's like, here, here are these, these trinkets or these, 
vases or just everyday household items that don't fit into any other um, any other group. The this 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 like the style in which that they were made or the techniques that the, how that they were made. All these household items nobody's really sure where they came from from? did did they come from greece did they come from i wonder where they are now well they're they're hiding in museums and stuff like that. yeah probably he was an interesting guy though he was a he was a senator right i think he was he's a businessman he's a businessman and then became a senator senator from minnesota i think or somewhere yeah and 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 atlantis had been sort of a a topic that really kind of went to sleep for a while and and nobody really talked about it much and then he wrote this book it wasn't called atlantis the antediluvian world yes it is that's and and sort of reawakened that thought in people that there was this place called Atlantis that right. you know, that was sunk, and um, so he he really wrote a I think a fairly scholarly work about that. Yeah. Although there's a lot of you know he he got he got trashed a lot for for writing. That, well, I mean, he know. wrote a book about Atlantis. Of course, he's yeah. going to get trashed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he was he was a pretty renowned guy. He wasn't you know he had he had a lot of political influence and things like that so you know he wasn't just joe schmo off the off the street no. wrote this book you know so he had some he had some uh he had some juice going along with that he had some he had you some know. pull yeah he did um so that sort of brought the brought the concept of atlantis into the 20th century really i think was that the late i mean it was late 19th century he wrote that i guess Late eighteen hundreds, maybe. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to look for my show notes, but yeah, I think, I, I think it was late eighteen late eighteen hundreds, going over yeah. into nineteen hundred. I think it was when that turn of the century when he was operating. Yeah, uh, but going going back to one thing that Casey brought out, which I think is kind of interesting and kind of speaks to sort of where we are today with things, is is that um, he said there were two factions in in the last permutation of Atlantis that mm-hmm. supposedly their um, destruction was self-destruction based on um, greed and, and the need for power. Right. Um, which is kind of where we are now, I think. Uh, but there, there were two factions. There was, there was one faction that was a more spiritual, had more in spiritual intentions and wanted to raise the population up. And, and they were the um, followers of the law of one. Yeah. Um, and the other faction were the sons of Belial. Which, mm-hmm. which were a more nefarious group that wanted to, you know, they had greed and, and desire for power. So, so they turned the technical direction into weapon weaponry. Yeah. Um, which, you know, there's a parallel of, of, for today, I think. We in, see in that, that going on in... And they ended up overusing lasers and things like that. Um, they, sure. They apparently had a big crystal, too, that there's a, you know, that's an image of that, that... That was used to um, big kite, yeah. Was used to power the power the the continent, I guess. Maybe. Evil I crystal know. technology that parallels Rogue right. One. Well, yeah, and then they turned into turned into a weapon. You know, they went from from good to evil. The giant super you know, laser, as, as humans are wont to do. Yeah, it seems anyway. So the, the you know there's a parallel in there that I think uh, Casey was trying to get across that you know. If when you get away from the spiritual side of things, um, that's when you start to get that's, into that's trouble. What you, isn't that how it happens? Yeah. Whereas, like, you turn your back on on faith and morality, and you become material. I'm not just and saying that everybody becomes. You know, I'm not, well, it's it's the way it is. It's it's the way, and that's the way our society is. It's pr- pretty much purely material. 
There's yeah. very little spiritual intent in most, as we've talked about in various shows. Very little spiritual intent in most things. Yeah. Most entertainment, whatever, whatever, whatever pop and, and, culture and, you want to address. Right. And, and look and, at our pop culture gods as it were right now. You look at somebody like, and I hate to bring up the Kardashians again, but you look at you look at celebrity worship, and how do these people become objects of our affection? How, how does that happen? They're they're implanted in our consciousness. We talked about this in the last somebody. episode. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. And they <laughs> they're not bringing anything positive to the table. No, for for humankind, they're they're just like leeches. You know, they're they're sucking on the energy of the of the population and and the money. No. Yeah, it's all about the money. So what do they? What do they add? Nothing. They, they really add. Maybe, maybe they. I don't know. Maybe people get some enjoyment out of following their their antics, whatever they yeah, do. I yeah, yeah. But I still don't understand. It's like well, I don't either. It makes no sense to me. But I don't know. You, it's it's you, strange. I, I can't explain it. Maybe somebody else can, but I, I don't really even want to explain it actually. But so. So I think there are some parallels between Atlantis and, and what was yeah. going on today with our society. Now, um, you know, there's a whole lot of different thought patterns on Atlantis. Um, what, what, it, what it meant, what it means, what it is, what it wasn't. Um, and, you know, there's, there's just so many different ways to go about it. Um, you know, you have to kind of do the research on it. I've, I've read a number of books about it. Yeah. And there and there and there is a, there is a lot of stuff out there and the and the and uh, one of the questions that is like I, I continue to have is like how advanced were they how how far were they able to get and well yeah did they have I mean did they have airships did they have the ability to um, go between dimensions did they, you know what was their technology were they like? capable of space travel yeah yeah that's a good that's a good point you know who knows I don't know there's no record of it so. We don't really know. You but can conjecture on it. But I mean, you, you you think you think about Aboriginal people, or or, and I don't want to say people who live in people who live in, in less developed civilizations, societies like us. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that what do they think of us? And do they know? You think of these people who live in the jungle, and they have no contact with the outside world. They have, you know, they don't have television. They don't have radio. They don't have magazines. They didn't, I don't think anybody has a people subscription there. And it was just like, do they have any knowledge of the probes that we sent to Mars? No, probably not. Nor do they probably care. So, it's probably irrelevant to them. Right, I, I heard a guy, um, he, he was, he's from an Italian think tank, um, which, which may be a contradiction in terms, I don't know, but... Um, Sorry about that for all the Italian listeners. I just had to get that little joke in there. Um, so he he's talking about um, how the Atlanteans were considered gods by by some of the more primitive um, people. Yeah, of course the they would be. Yeah. So, like you know, his his example was that if 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 you went in a helicopter and landed somewhere. Um, uh, say in an aboriginal society that has little contact with the outside world right. just like what you're talking about and you got out of your helicopter and you had a cell phone and you were looking at numbers on your cell phone if in fact you could get cell phone service there sure uh, what would they think just by you know, merely it's, 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 having it's what a you've cell talked phone. about you know on multiple occasions that you know you would be a god to them 
You'd, yeah. have, you'd have way different clothes than what they wear. Right. You know, you'd, you'd look like a god. You came out of the air for one thing. Yeah. Um, so that would be their interpretation of it. You look way different than them, you know. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's kind, of a, kind of an amusing image when you think right. about it, you know. But what would have happened <clears throat> if our society, if, if America and the Soviet Union and, 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 and uh, China had a nuclear war, or if we have a nuclear war with Russia and China or whatever, mm-hmm. and civilization was devastated and things were turned back to the Stone Age. And these... Which has happened before. Which has happened I, I before. What if, what if it happens again? And these people who are living in these, in you know, the Aboriginal people move, migrate, and they develop their own technology. And then they go out. Like, what would they think if they found like a thousand... A thousand, two thousand years from now, the descendants of the Aboriginal people now go up and they find the Apollo Eleven lunar landing, or they go and they find the Martian rover. What are they going to think if they have no evidence of us whatsoever? If if ours, oh, yeah, it's, it's what would similar they think? To what what we, would they think? Similar to what we do when we encounter. Who's stuff to like say that? that that's not happening now? You don't know. You don't Who's know. to say yeah. that that people aren't finding evidence? Well, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of thinking that there was a, there was a civilization on Mars at one time. And, yeah, and, in, in and, the Valley of Sidonia. And that the, at the moon had some colonies. Yeah. And that's why all that, you know, that the, most of those, the remnants of that are on the dark side of the moon. Yeah. And that there was a reason why the moon revolves around the Earth in that fashion so that we, have, we don't have access to that. Yeah. You know, that the, you know a lot of thinking that the Earth, uh, that the moon is an artificial satellite. Yeah, that was put in orbit for yeah for whatever. There's a, there 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 is a, a lot of theories on it. There but. is, if I could just put on my, uh, my Mister Astronomy fedora on for a second. There is a phenomenon called tidal lock, whereas is like as large bodies have smaller bodies, they the way that they rotate somehow becomes tidal locked. Yeah, yeah. With that, the planet, that's, that's exactly right. That's yeah. a, and and the <clears> thing is, is what that, is that done by intention? You know that's 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 an excellent question with a moon of that size, and yeah. and the and our moon is an a, 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 a anomaly because no other planet has a has a has a moon with that size ratio. It's it's a very large moon in and yeah, of itself. It is, it's compared pra- to some of the other, it's moons. practically yeah. a planet. Mm-hmm. I mean, but uh, I mean, I mean, for my money here is that one of the theories that I think is very interesting that people sh- tend to shy away from is could Atlantis have been an alien colony? And how would, how would we find that well, out? I think there's a very good chance that, that it was. Or, or, or at least it was begun by aliens, and then it sort of progressed from there. I, I think there's a good chance of that, you know, in, from my sure. personal cosmology of things. You know, I, I, it just seems likely that that could be. No proof for it, though. That's the, a, but that's the, and, and that's a very difficult question to, to ask. How um, would you know that Atlantis was an alien colony? How would you know? Well, you, you'd have to come across some writings or, or something that indicated mm. that. Or um, I don't know how you would really prove that. I mean, people, people take Zachariah Zitchin's interpretations of the Sumerian tablets to task all the time. You know, because they they thought that he put his own spin on it, which you know, in some ways, he probably did. But oh. so you know, I don't know. You'd, you'd you'd have to have some kind of hard proof, some kind of hard evidence for that. Yeah, uh, don't know. But it would be interesting if somebody 
discovered that. Which do you think is is more probable? Which do you think is more probable? Do you think that that uh, it was an alien colony, or do you think that it was cohabitation between humans and aliens? You know, the Anunnaki and the Europeans, or what, what? What do you think is more after everything that you've read on the topic? Well, I think the most likely scenario is that the, the planet Earth was visited by an alien race and was colonized using the primitive beings that were here um, and raising them up through genetic um, intervention and um, intermingling their blood and their DNA with with the existing humans or humanoid-type animals that were here. Uh, very early. Whatever early, hominids or, were here. Yeah, whatever early human-type creatures were here. And then that just evolved into um, a civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Jim was talking about, the kings, I think, were, were Anunnaki descendants or the actual original Anunnaki until they eventually died. They weren't really immortal. They lived for a long time. But uh, interestingly enough, the longer they were on Earth, the less their lifespan became. The longer they stayed here, the shorter the lifespan yes, became. Yes. Yeah. So um, whether that had to do with the planetary conditions or, or whatever, or they just um, morphed in some way, I, I don't know. But eventually, they the original Anunnaki disappeared and left behind the remnants of their bloodline in in the human race. Now that sort of duality that I talked about, that, that Casey talked about, where the, you, you know you have this one kind of nefarious force battling this other more positive force. The light and um, the dark. Yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's set up through almost all of human history. And that goes back to the, to, really to the Anunnaki because there were two brothers. There was Anki and Enlil, who Enlil was actually the, supposedly was the creator god that is the one who did all the DNA work to, to raise up the humans. And Enlil was his brother, um, and they, they were sons of Anu, who was the original Anunnaki mm-hmm. god. However, um, they were different. They had different mothers, so they had a different sort of place in the, in the hierarchy. And Enlil had a little bit more power as a result of that. So he was able to kind of <clears throat> trump, uh, <laughs> trump Anki's uh, you know, decisions on things. And, and yeah. at some point, he decided to, the, the hum, he felt the humans had overpopulated the yeah. planet. So he, he's the one that either created or allowed the the great flood to happen. So, you know, it goes back to, in history, with that premise of, of, of that duality of one one side against the other. You know, one, always the struggle for power. Yeah. Um, so who knows? I mean, it's, it seems to always be built into the human um, conditions. Yeah. Now you know, vying for control and those kinds of things. But but one thing I, I think is interesting is that the idea of Atlantis really seems to pick pe- uh, people's interest. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I it mean, resonates with people for some reason. Yeah, the, yeah. But why is that? The knowledge of it. Well, I can only answer for, for myself. Go ahead. Go for it. I mean, I mean, I mean, how far back do you want to go in my life? I mean, but I... As far back as you want to go, right? I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, I mean, since the 1980s, the early 1980s, I've been fascinated with the concept of lost civilizations. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, no thanks to George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Sure. I'm, I'm very interested in the notion that there was something that, that 
was here before us mm-hmm. and they disappeared. Who knows why? Who knows how? Mm-hmm. I think that that's an interesting story. But I mean, it was just like, um, it's like buried treasure. And the thing is, is that, you know, finding buried treasure, this is just on a much larger scale. Instead right. of finding some pirate booty in a chest buried in, in the sand in my backyard, this is an entire city or a continent mm-hmm. or civilization or civilization or, or that's worldwide that's civilization. buried somewhere yeah that's and, that's subverted that we don't know much about if anything really yeah we very little and, about. and maybe that this civilization is responsible for all the strange anomalies that we find all over the place and and maybe that knowledge really is embedded in our in our collective consciousness yeah. you know like Jung talked about our collective unconscious maybe maybe the knowledge of atlantis is is ingrained in our DNA somehow. Yeah. You know, like other things. And and when it's brought about brought up, for certain people anyway, it, it resonates with them. Yeah. Like it it it's interesting to them. They may not even know why, but it just it's like something they want to know more about. I know that's my in my case that's true. You know, from the time I you know the the interestingly enough, the first exposure I had to Atlantis, I think, was that nineteen sixty one movie. It's called Atlantis, The Lost Continent. Yeah. And it's just it's really I haven't seen it for a long time, but I think it's probably a pretty bad movie. But um, the the um, the premise of it is, and it was made by a French uh, director, right? Uh, George Lau, I think L A L, and it it really sort of was a dramatic treatment of um, the the story of Atlantis, mm-hmm. and Atlantis had been done earlier too. Um, Jules Verne had it written into um 10,000 leagues under the sea yeah um with all that lost technology have you seen the the version of his story the the film version um it's called um journey to the center of the earth yes i've seen that probably a long time ago a long time actually ago. pat boone is actually in that oddly enough okay okay when he was getting <laughs> getting roles um that was when it must have been when he was in tight with the illuminati or something i don't know yeah before he turned Christian, um, getting off on a tangent. Now. <laughs> but anyway, at the end of that movie, they they actually end up in Atlantis. I don't. Do you remember that? I don't know. Vaguely. It's, yeah, it's it's weird. And they they find gunpowder and they launch this weird, like, cartoonish craft <laughs> out of a volcano <laughs> to escape. I know it's crazy, stupid. But but see, that's the kind of versions. And now I know. I mean, Jules Verne never had anything to do with that. <laughs> it was totally embellished on onto that movie script from somebody. I don't know. Jules Verne is spinning in his grave. Yeah, absolutely, my story. But he did mention it in in Ten Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. So it's in it's been in literature. Yeah. You know? And um, getting back to this 1961 movie, um, this. This Greek sailor comes across uh, an Atlantean princess. She's yeah. afloat on a raft or something. I don't, I don't know how. I don't remember exactly how she got there, but she's scantily clad. You know, yeah, and, as you know, as you would expect. And so she talks this Greek fisherman to take getting taking her back to Atlantis. You know, taking her get, back get, home, getting her back there. You know, so of course he goes back there, and she promises him all these rewards. Yeah. You know implied and 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 not you know yeah um so he gets back there and of course there's atlantis you know and, it, and it's it's this whole civilization of things and I, and I remember the the thing that struck me most about it and i was a kid then you know and I, I think i actually saw it in the movies originally oddly enough 
um, where, where they were doing these experiments on humans and, and trying to uh, splice animal DNA into human DNA. To make chimeras. To, to, yeah, exactly. And so they had these guys that had the head of a bull. And Yes, that's another thing that's another thing that keeps showing up in a lot of the legends. Right, whereas right, it's like right. you have these chimeras, mm-hmm. these half man, half... And again, that's man messing with nature yeah you know which is which is another universal theme of these these kinds of stories you know and it always goes wrong you know yeah you you can figure on that happening you know so uh it was a pretty hokey movie but i I think it kind of opened up the consciousness on it and at least it did for me that was my first i think probably my first exposure to any kind of idea about atlantis that's the one thing I, I, I've never been able to really sort of figure out as far as the Indiana Jones movies. They've never, ever tackled Atlantis except for this one video game comic book tie-in that they had, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. They never done. They never did anything with that. No, and, and Atlantis has been under it, – it's a, it's a concept that's been under-represented and, and – films and, and pop culture and yeah, stuff which like is that. very surprising to me yeah I think yeah there's a lot of story there you know yeah so i'm going to make a commitment today okay and this is something i've been thinking about for for years and years now since i've done you know i've read probably i don't know how many books on atlantis and you know i've done quite a bit of research i want to write a screenplay about it okay i'm going to, I'm going to make a commitment i may access some of your uh thought patterns and ideas oh sure that. when i when i finish the book i'm working on right now yeah that's going to be my next project and and i want to make it something that you know with it with the computer generated uh effects they have now yeah i mean it could be like really good oh sure you know back in 61 the the effects were really hokey you, you know? should get a hold of that script fix it up which script the the, the atlantis movie that you talked about do a well, remake this is going to be a whole new <laughs> well it could be i guess but this would be a whole new, a, a lot more based on Casey's yeah. visions, yeah, than than on just stupid stuff, you know. Um, so I don't know. You know, here's another question. Somebody and, will probably hear this and preempt me with some stupid thing. But I, I think I think that the, here's here's a question for a lot of our listeners here. Do, have you guys um, seen a film version of Plato's? Atlantis, or what is your favorite is, favorite? Is ver- there is there one? I, I, that's a good question. I got well. There there's a um, there are some silent movies. Yes, European silence movies, silent movies, which were you know yeah. kind of just pure entertainment. Sort of Atlantis was a loose version, a loose version of Atlantis to just yeah. you know kind of access that as a somewhat of a storyline. And then there was um, there was a you're probably aware of the Saturday afternoon sequels that they used to have yeah. for kids like maybe in the 30s or yeah. maybe 40s. I mean, the serials. The serials? The serials, yeah. 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 Uh, there, was, there was one, Crash Carrigan. Have you heard of him? I did. I have heard of he that. Had a, he had a whole thing about Atlantis. But again, yeah. it, was, it was hooked up. You know, yeah. It was for kids to go see on a Saturday afternoon. I think, that the, I think that the, a really interesting question would be for a lot of people is... Um, What's your best incarnation of cinematic Atlantis? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think there are any real good ones. Yeah, I know there was an English miniseries that was, I think, on PBS mm-hmm. that was drop dead boring. I mean, it was yeah. it was like you know, it was set in Atlantis, and they had these kind of 
hokey costumes and stuff. Yeah. I don't even know when it was from. It was relatively recent, but it was virtually unwatchable. Yeah. Um, so my question is, why has not why why hasn't a really definitive version of this been made? You know, there's been a lot of documentaries and stuff like that, but yeah. uh, nothing really in the realm of fiction. I mean, why hasn't Spielberg made something or Lucas or any of those guys? You know, why, how come why they, have how, they ignored it? Because the thing is, is is that I mean, getting to the you know you know the Indiana Jones movies again. You've had the Ark of the Covenant, um, the Shankara Stones, the Holy Grail, the Crystal Skull. Is there one artifact that you could tie in with Atlantis? And maybe that's the thing. They don't have a MacGuffin that's associated maybe, with... Maybe, maybe. But, but see, now that brings up an interesting question for, for my potential screenplay. Could, could, it, could it begin with somebody discovering the actual proof of Atlantis? Just yeah. very, very much like the way um, uh, Cameron treated Titanic. Yeah. You know, he brought it from the present. Because they found... Right. They found that gem, yeah. you know, and then flashed back and forth between that and the... Um, you need an object to, to attach yeah, well, to you, Atlantis. I'm going to leave that to you, Eric, to come up with uh, a good thing. I'll put some, some pressure put on some you pressure. But that's a cool... That would be yeah. a cool opening. Under, under pressure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think that that would be I think that that would be really interesting, you know. So, so you know, Eric and I might... This might be a co, co-written Co-production. Project. I really put some pressure yeah. on it. I think that that would be interesting. Another, what's another thing that it's like? I another thing that I really wanted to bring up. Well, like you said to, about Lucas, he always did his best work as a collaborator. Yeah. So, so maybe that would be. Never know. Eric. I think that that's another question for for our listeners: is that uh, what other artifacts are there that are associated with Atlantis that we have not? Or are there any? Absolutely, no, I, I don't know of any. Yeah. That that have definitive. I'd like to know what happened to some of that stuff, Donnelly. Ignatius Donnelly talked about Yeah, exactly. Where's that stuff? You know, is it in the Smithsonian? Where is everything hiding? The, could, it, could it be in one of those vaults in the exactly, Smithsonian? Exactly, where they have all the other stuff that they that they have, all the other artifacts that they have right. from the from well, the Hey, that could, be, that could be where the movie starts. <laughs> <laughs> some, some dude breaks in there and gets an gets a, a, a Atlantean artifact. Hey, and, what's this? And smuggles it out under his, uh, in his sweat, in his... Athletic suitors. <laughs> Did you see that guy in the news that stole a guitar? He shoved a, shoved a, he shoved an electric guitar down in his his, his, his sweatsuit. <laughs> which 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 begs the begs the question. Uh, you know, do you have an electric guitar in your pants, or are you just glad to see me? <laughs> what's the, what's a famous what's a famous uh, guitar brand? Is that so, you? Is that you, is that a Gibson in your pocket? Or you just so have to see me. That could be the opening line of the movie. Is that is that an or- Atlantean artifact in your pants, or are you just glad to see me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Enough silliness. Enough enough silliness. That begs a good question. Now, I think, yeah. You know. All, All right. right, I think we're probably out of time, right? We're, we're, we're not, like way out of time. We're, not only are we out of, out of time, we're, we're, we're out of things to talk about. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I could probably talk about it. But we're well, what else is there left to say about Atlantis? No, not really nothing. We, we've covered a pretty good yeah. amount of ground. And yeah. We could have talked about what the city potentially looked like. And yeah. And maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll revisit some other time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that the, but, the be, you know it's all conjecture anyway. So you know, I, what I think would be perfect is to do a call-in show via Skype and have people call. You know, you know, talk about Atlantis and mm-hmm. where they think Atlantis comes from, right. and, and whatever, and go what, from there. 
What would you like Atlantis to look like? Exactly. If they were going to make a, and if they were, and if they were going to make a movie about Atlantis, what would what should it look like? What right. should it could it, right. it let's, include? Let's let's hear some. Let's get some feedback from our listeners. Yeah, what, absolutely. What do, you, what do you think Atlantis was? Or yeah, uh, you know, what impact do you think that? How does that resonate with, with current society? And absolutely. Are we always doomed to keep repeating our, our our mistakes? Yeah. Seems to be. Yeah. So write in, folks. Let us let us know. Let us know what you think about burn, Edward. burn up Eric's phone line, or burn up computer my, line, or something. Yeah. Burn up our Twitter feed. All yeah. this stuff goes through him, so I'll, I'll escape all of that. All right. All right, Eric. Thanks, Walt. Take another good show. Another great show. Yeah. If you really like this podcast and the others on the Fedora Chronicles Network, then give us four or five stars on iTunes. Just go to that app on your phone or your browser and tell the world what you really think of us. Leave a comment, and if we like your comment, we'll read it on the air. You can also find our podcast on SoundCloud and Player FM. SoundCloud.com slash Fedora Chronicles and Player.fm slash series slash the Fedora Chronicles radio show. If you have a favorite podcast app and we don't know about it, let us know and we'll get them to link to us too. Or you can suggest our podcast to them via their suggestion box. Show your love for the podcast by going to Zazzle. We can find a lot of items with our logos on them. The Metaphysical Connection logo is on everything from coffee mugs, cell phone covers, barbecue aprons, and t-shirts. You can find them by going to Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for us on both social media outlets. Our Facebook group is facebook.com slash groups slash The Metaphysical Connection. Finally, in an earlier podcast, we invited all of you who are in our listenership who have ever worked for a government agency, clandestine group, black ops company, or if you've ever been involved in any kind of conspiracy that involves the paranormal, or any kind of strange phenomena, let us know, and we would love to have you as a special guest on our show. That invitation also goes to all, for all of you publicists, authors, artists, who have something to share with us on the Metaphysical Connection or on the Fedora Chronicles radio show. Drop us a line at metaphysical at thefedorachronicles.com, and we would love to get in touch with you. So one more time, this is Eric Render Fisk signing off. Until next time, until then... Keep your chins up and your fedoras on. That's the only new thing I added last time, so I'll just unplug it. All right. I don't need it for the broadcast. I just wonder, are we oh. too... Oh, are, are you too... How's that, Walt? That's better. Okay. Now that you ruptured one of my eardrums. <laughs> <laughs> Walt has blood dripping down the side of his face now. Shorting out my headphones. Um, my, my mic is not... Your mic? <clears throat> My mic is down. Yeah, it's low. Give me All 10 right. cal. Well, one. Still still not good. Okay. That's better. How's that, Walt? Okay. That's good. Can you hear yourself? A little, little, up a little more. Your volume. Yeah, but I need a little more volume. Okay. How's My, that? My advanced state of hearing is what? not as good. Yeah. Ain't as good as it used to be. You do have to hang on one second <clears throat> because the microphone is tilted. You can't see it.
Okay. All right. How's that? Because I'm not recording. Because I wasn't recording you. I was recording like your your voice boomeranging around the room. Oh, that's not good. No. So anyway, I'd have to start speaking in an Australian accent. When that <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean it when I say that. When I say that you are more of the expert on Atlantis than I am. Are, uh, are we recording now? I or? just, I just, I just started. Okay. I just started because I like doing that. I like that. Yeah, you like to catch me unaware. I do. I do. It's a lot of catch fun. Catch me with my pants down. No, no. <laughs> no, we don't want that. You, Walter, you, you, you don't want to see that. Walter, what are you doing? Don't want to see that. <laughs>